0: welcome to another episode of the one deeper podcast it's a general club this week and this week we're talking about psychological entropy a framework for understanding uncertainty related anxiety super interesting paper in psychology we had a lot of fun talking about this so please enjoy and uh, yeah hope you learn something for the casuals well all right, all right maybe it's for the casuals okay boys we're real, real live fuck it uh, but, but uh, do,
1: what's you? what's the philosophy behind the podcast dude? like is it for us or is it for the casuals like the, do we hope to entertain or we're just four fuckers talking about stuff the philosophy saying whatever is on their mind
0: the philosophy for this podcast is is actually quite simple it's um almost purely selfish. It's like mostly selfish. It's just like, I just want, this is how we started, right? I would have all this, I would have conversations with people and I kept getting this recurring thought at at the end of every conversation. It's like, holy shit, I should have fucking recorded that. Like that kept happening way too often. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm gonna fucking start recording these conversations because like, because it was cool. So it's twofold, That's, that's that. And second thing is like, I wanted to do, do something creative uh, that is outside of doing the stuff I do for school. And I was like, okay, what do I enjoy? I enjoy writing. So I like writing my short stories. And I also like, I love podcasts. Like, like I was like, holy shit, I should do this. Like, I've as like my entire information intake is from podcasts. So I was like, okay, cool. It's turned into a thing. And I was like, okay, let's n- and then let's just uh, sit around talking about cool stuff. And then the general club, in in particular, is again for me like I wanted a reason to read papers more, right? And uh, Andre is doing some. Uh, uh, we should record video, video, record some of these these episodes.
2: Oh yeah, it would be really nice to add video from now on. Like yeah. at some point. Yeah. Also, when you invited me to join this group for the podcast, it was really like. Oh, yeah, Guido, we're starting a journal club where we meet once a month and we talk about the paper. Oh, and we might also res- record it and post it on my co- podcast, maybe, if it happens. So it wasn't supposed to be a podcast when I was invited originally. Like, I'm sure you had it in your yeah, mind already, I, I was, but it, I wasn't immediately aware of that. Yeah, it was uh, definitely. But I was really excited about the idea, of course. It was
0: definitely in the back of my mind, but it wasn't like, I, I didn't know how, how it would play out, but I'm glad it turned out what it, the way it did. So in terms of philosophy, it's just like, yo, let's just uh, read a paper. Cause like, what I realized is, um, cause I like reading all kinds of stuff. I like reading non stuff. I like reading fictional stuff. And I realized the more you sort of read, the more you get an understanding of how weird reality really is. It's like, actually, it's science fiction and fiction can't even come close to, <laughs> to how weird some of this shit is. Like if you read one of these papers, it's like, what? What? How did who came up with this? This is ridiculous, right? So, uh, yeah, it's just that that's just like, and we're like, okay, cool, let's read some cool papers and um, see we can talk about it.
1: Do you want us to be entertaining? Because the moment I start trying to be entertaining, I get really self conscious and weird.
0: There's no requirement at all for you to fulfill any Well,
1: in this case, let me break the ice, pussy fart.
2: It's called a quiff.
0: It's um, called a quiff. Anyways. <laughs> you heard it uh, you here first, pro- folks. Um, <laughs> 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 All right, uh, go
2: on. What I wanted to do before, uh, you know, like, ah, oh, shit. Andrew, you scumbled my brain with that. Um, anyways, I was going to say, since Dennis hasn't talked yet in the last, you know, couple of minutes since we started, I was going to go after this whole, like, uh, philosophical introduction to why we do this podcast in the first place, I was going to say, Dennis, you haven't talked in a while, why don't you introduce us to the topic of today?
3: Thank you, thank you. I will uh, gladly introduce us to the today's topic. So, today we're doing something uh, quite different from uh, the two previous journal clubs, which has been focused purely on very technical paper. But today, we're going to investigate the paper called Psychological Entropy. A Framework for Understanding Uncertainty-Related Anxiety. Mmm, spicy uh, title right there. So, this paper, for me at least, is um, about what they call self-organizing systems. Which is another way of expressing complex systems. Which is quite a familiar term for many of us. And what they're doing in this paper is that they're describing these self-organizing systems in the context of entropy. So I think before we move on to explore what this paper does more, we need to establish exactly what entropy is.
2: I was gonna explain what self-organizing systems are first. We can do that first. What do you think they are? So
3: self-organizing systems have a very neat definition in the paper somewhere, but they really are complex systems. But they're focusing on this quality that they call the self-organization.
2: But I think in this context it's easier if you just think about it as life. What is life? It is a self-organizing system because it didn't, well, according to evolution at least, it didn't come from uh, an intelligent design. It just emerged from nothing. So it's self-organized. And... Yeah, there's problems when you self-organize when dealing with entropy because it makes it less likely that you will be able to maintain the self-organized state. But maybe now you want to define entropy?
3: So before we move on to that, I just want to mention the definition they give in the paper. And it's this. Self-organization describes the emergence of a patterned structure of relationships between the constituent elements of a complex system.
0: So, this paper, I found it, I think maybe I I first saw it a couple of years ago. And this is when I wanted to give myself a challenge. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read a paper a day, right? But then I started this program. This one does, right? And I was doing it anyway. So I was like, okay, well, but, but the papers that I had in mind sort of fell to the side. And, um, So, yeah. ah, this paper is so, so dense. Like, it's like, I don't even know where to start right now. It's like, it's so, it's so dense. But in terms of entropy and, um, first of all, like, what did you guys, okay, first let's do this. What do you guys think the paper is about? <laughs> make your yeah, yeah, yeah. Andre, you go first. <clears throat> I left my fucking, God damn it, my notes. All right, keep going. You can see the wheels turning here.
1: The paper is about giving an information theory inspired response to the problem of human uncertainty.
0: Yes, nice,
2: okay. That is a good way of putting it. Uh, And what's the solution they propose? Because I honestly, okay for those who haven't read the paper, there's four tenets of the entropy model of uncertainty that they propose in this paper. And I think I understood the tenets and I still don't understand what they're talking about. Like, I under, I, you know, it's a big complex uh, topic they're talking about. So I tried to break it down into pieces, understood each piece, and I still can't put together the whole figure. So that's what I'm hoping today's um, Conversation is going to help me understand, because uh, you guys are all very smart, at least one of us has to have understood it, right?
1: I, to respond to your question how they address uncertainty, what they propose as a, sol- as a proxy to the problem to the solution to the problem of human uncertainty is formalizing a goal, formalizing a concrete specific goal.
2: Yeah, I think that will be the third tenet, right? Um, like one way in which life forms or more broadly self-organizing uh, systems can reduce uncertainty is by using long-term goals. Um, but we can go into more details later when we get to the third tenet. Oh, yes, my notes are here. Are uh, oh, right. finally, oh finally, that's good to know you found them. Yes. Um, but the fourth tenet, which to me should have been the first, says that in um like at least in humans we experience uncertainty as anxiety. So the whole paper from my point of view, which may be a bit layman's terms, because um I'm not an expert in psychology by any stretch of the imagination. The, um, you're, you're the, the, good for the, you, bro. Yeah it's, it's a compliment. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you were you wouldn't be here <laughs> 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 I wouldn't have you I wouldn't be having <laughs> if you were if you, all you did was psychology. Uh, okay. That I'm just you'll I'm, never just, be, I'm just sitting on psychology, school, like uh, after this know.
2: comment you'll never be able to invite any uh, any professors on the no, psychology just, all, department. All jokes, all jokes. <laughs> no, of no, course of nothing course. but love. But like basically the whole paper is about how living systems deal with anxiety like inducing self in themselves anxiety to uh, motivate reducing uncertainty. Do you think I understood correctly? Uh, you guys.
0: Yeah, I think you have, I think you've got both of you, I think you have the idea. I, To be fair, this paper was great, but I kind of felt like I was cheating. No, not cheating, but like, because I actually, like, I've been, I read Peterson's first book, not The Twelve Rules, the original book. It's like a, a tome on the power of ah how this is probably the worst description of this book but the best thing I can help is is like how the world is best viewed as a stage for acting out certain behaviors and rules right and it's not just a place of things, it's a place of what you can do with stuff. Okay. But before we get to any of that, let's, so you had yours before I say anything. Dennis? Yeah, I think you brought up some good points.
3: Uh, I do think that it it's missing all of the good context though. Because what they're really proposing is a unified model, right? They call it the entropy model of uncertainty. And they have these four tenets that G mentioned. But to make sense of the third, uh, then, then you need to also explain the, the previous two, because they all kind of lead up to each other. So what I think this, this paper is about, which I also kind of explained before, is that they are trying to explain what complex systems are and how they function. And especially especially biological complex but systems in terms of entropy and uncertainty.
2: They did not co- uh, come no, up no, with no. the term of f- self-organizing I systems. It, that's not what they introduced that was new in the paper. They explained that from other papers as well, but the they entropy part d- is I what think, they added. I think
0: added. They are, uh, they're, they're basically, they're, they're saying, like, I think the complex systems uh, mention is just, just a way to introduce, to bring in, to connect the concept of entropy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, And they... Mo- and they f- and they, to use the concept of entropy, they they place the framework within the fra- within the scope of complex systems, and they, they use that to explain. You because once you put the once you put the psychological behavior of a human being as a complex system, then it gives you the tools of like entropy and all these other things that help you describe that system.
2: Yeah, you can use information theory. Exactly, on it, exactly. Which they so try to.
0: Do. So their goal, I think, here was to get to being able to use information theory and entropy to explain this. And to get there, they, they framed the problem as a complex system, which gives you access to all the lo- all these tools of physics that you can use to explain complicated, complex systems, which I think will what, what happen.
2: Um, Udesh, you were about to bring up a new topic uh, before uh, Dennis went on with this, but do you guys feel like we should go through the four tenets one by one yes yes, yes before sure. we move on to greater things
0: yeah for sure all right let's go with
1: um udesh what was the paper about was that a long answer no the question
0: well, for me what the paper is about is a really systematic approach to explain why it is that having multiple tiers of goals that are one after the other after the other serve as a tool to minimize the level of anxiety you experience right so we'll get into this but i've written i've written like you know as i was reading all these things that came into my mind but the general idea is that goals are a biasing function that makes the search space of possible behavioral sequences smaller, right? And that they, they and that is technically defined as a reduction in entropy. So if you look at those two graphs, I think we'll talk about it um, in a second. Um, that's what they they're getting at, right? And I have a lot of stuff that I wanted to to go on on that. uh, that
2: It's very interesting because we had kind of the opposite, like you and me had the opposite takeaway from the favor. I thought anxiety was a tool to reduce entropy and you thought... uh, Anxiety is a tool to to reduce entropy? Yeah, to induce yourself. Like the fact that um, our brains want to avoid anxiety uh, induces us to think harder about uh, future goals, basically. Mm. Instead, you've said pretty much the opposite. Um, having future goals is what allows us to um, reduce anxiety. I mean, in practice, they're the same thing, but what causes what, So an- 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 we uh, think about it the opposite the other way around.
0: An- 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 another thing they mentioned is that uh, the uncertainty is experienced physiologically as an aversive state, which is anxiety. Anxiety is the physiological state that is that is derived from this uncertain uncertain possible future. Right? Dude, this is really interesting because uh unlike most animals, we have a very, very complicated sense of the future. Right? Like you could say, okay, fine, squirrels store nuts for the future, but they, they don't think about the future like we think. Maybe okay, we don't know what squirrels think, to be honest. But we have a very uh very strange relationship to the future of ourselves, which is uh, really interesting.
2: Isn't it actually like uh, what you just said made me think, how does this tie in with the fear of death? I was just listening to Alex Friedman podcast like on the way here, and they were talking about the fear of death. Um, And that is the ultimate uncertainty, right? Like that is why people presumably invented religions and uh, why all philosophy exists is just to explain, just in big part, to justify what is going to happen um, after death because that is the biggest uncertainty we have in the world. I In the human experience. Okay, least.
0: no, I see what you mean. But for me, I, th- I know people, when they talk about religion, they put a lot of emphasis on what religion says happens after death. I think... For me, at least, it, that is that is that that is the least consequential part of what religion offers. Interesting.
2: Uh, I might be too conditioned by my, you know, Western upbringing. My, I was raised Catholic, right? But you, uh, were you? W- what re- did, were you raised religious? I was,
0: yeah, I was raised in a very, very, I mean, I, mean, I am still part, I would say, of a very religious uh, conservative family. My parents are quite conservative, but they're Buddhist, right? Uh-huh. Okay and so you will they, they have a weird amalgam of religions like they're Buddhist but Buddhism theoretically doesn't have a doesn't preach anything about god or afterlife I mean there's reincarnation that's a whole weird it's weird it's like it's like it's like um uh, it's, like, it's like it's like how you know how like when when you have to when you write a form like when you write a mathematical formula and there's a and there's a there's a bug that you want to avoid, like <laughs> you write a piece piece of code, and there's a bug you want to avoid that happens in one very particular case. So you test for that one particular case, and then like write a, write some code around it. It's like reincarnation is like, okay. Oh shit! If you have reincarnation if, if okay, do we? How do we get around the whole afterlife thing? All right, inca- reincarnation, <laughs> right? It doesn't actually solve the problem. It's like wait. <laughs> <laughs> so so you would so that mean i mean though. to be reincarnated uh-huh. when you die something that that mean there's a life after death right so it's like not heaven but it's not not re- not heaven either it's like some weird place in between that is very
2: interesting that you put it that way so you would say that for you um or at least for for your culture um or how you experienced it rather the concept of afterlife is not really important as it is uh, for other religions, maybe.
0: My parents, uh, uh, okay, let's, I'm gonna take my parents as a proxy to my culture, right? Yes. And I'm gonna say they definitely, so like when I talk to my dad, he speaks in terms of like, oh my, like my grandfather is looking down on us, like he has the concept, even though he's not explicit about it, he has this built-in feeling of that, there is an afterlife, right? Uh, and my parents they talk they don't talk that much about reincarnation they're more but one time I told my mom on her birthday like uh, if like you know I hope to be born as your son in every 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 life that, that I'm born into and she and she and she fucking lost it <laughs> you know like she cried and she, was, she was so touched by that, that uh, so like that uh, is very sweet yeah and um, like for me, I've always thought of culture broadly and religion specifically as a template, templates of how you should operate in the world. I think of them as sort of like, uh, like a principal component analysis. It's like you download culture, right? We, like when you when you when you when you are born, like there's no escaping the, the fact that you're going to be in. in, in Born into some environment, right? Absolutely. I think of it as like a low-resolution copy of, of 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 the whole thing. So, here's, here's how I think. Okay, this is mm-hmm. gonna be a bit of a digression, but I think it's worth it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think
0: like so. Here's yeah. how I think. Yeah. Okay. I think of culture as sort of it's 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 kind of a static entity. Kind of, it's not really okay, but it's not really. But I'll get there. That sort of exists in a collectively distributed fashion, right? It exists. Like if you take, if you if you take one person in isolation, it's hard to pinpoint the culture. But you put them bunch of people together, it exists in the system somewhere, okay? And I think when you're born, when you when you when a human is instantiated, <laughs> right. <laughs> You create an instance of a human. You you inherit some of the class. You, you you inherit some of the attributes of, of that class, right? And there's a trade-off here, right? Because each individual person has their has a unique experience. I that's sort of one sort of fundamentally what I I think that's an an an, an analogy. To what the soul is, maybe let's say, right? Not really, but let's just say what. Let's just talk about it, right? If it's unique, let's say if if the soul is a unique, uh, everlasting thing, whatever it is, let's say each person has a unique experience of the world, right? So, because we don't see the world just as a place of things that exist, right? So even even the four of us sitting here right now, our, our our experience is strongly correlated but it's no by by by, by no means identical, because we're bo- always looking at, we're always experiencing situation through a framework of things.
2: And getting to look at your beautiful face. Yeah, exactly. You aren't.
0: So, like, you know, you, you see the objective stuff, part of it, a lot of it filtered by your brain, this virtual reality simulation that, the, that your brain is building real time as you sit here, right? And even though there's a lot of correlation between all this, there's like a lot of individuality, right? and each person experiences something unique about i is what i believe everyone experiences something very unique about the reality when they are running through this running through this uh, simulation okay and each person in turn updates the culture the culture is in a sense dead it's always dead it can't really change in itself but through your individual experiences you have the opportunity to provide the culture with a re uh, 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 an informative update every time to something that you're experiencing, right? Do you mean it as the culture in
2: general, uh, where you come from, for example, or the culture that exists in your brain? Like your own subjective experience of culture?
0: I think. Because mm, the second one is mostly
2: granted. Uh, like, of course, when you learn new things, you're going to update your own knowledge of your culture, for example, or you're going to, like, Change it a little bit how you perceive. No, it. no, but, but, but do you also mean it in a broader sense? Yeah,
0: I, I, I also mean it in a broad, broader sense. Especially if you reproduce, right? If you, have, especially if you have children, or if you, or have a podcast, like, like, or any, like, uh, when you sort of like the individual is the life-giving force to that keeps the culture alive and vibrant, right? And you mm-hmm. have to, and and you have to let individual individuals experience the world, and. Update what this culture needs to be; otherwise, it's going to it's going to die, right? So, one of the problems with places like Sri Lanka is, there's, there is they're so concerned, they're so hell bent on keeping it the way it is, right? That's crushing it. So, that's kind of in my ex- in my experience, what leads to a f- really strict, oppressive regime. It's not the main difference between places like the Netherlands. Or Western democracy, Western liberal democracy, and a place like Sri Lanka, which, by the way, is the Asia's oldest democracy, right? Um, one of the, re- the, the, the main fundamental differences: one of those places is hell bent on trying to stay, stay the same, right? While the other place is like is okay, has has been historically okay with trying to improve and change, and they're okay with the fact that. We will make mistakes and change. Yeah, right? they
2: do encourage progress. That's right. So, that's in Sri Lanka, think. for
0: example, um, because you're so hell bent on keeping things the same, you deny that rejuvenating force of individual, unique experience to come in and inform the culture and uh, mm-hmm. help it improve and change and get things right, get things wrong. I think of culture as just like I, th- I don't, I, I don't think of culture independent of macro level goals from just for the society like for example I don't think like if you have no goals if you have no things that you want for your society then all cultures are equally good right that's that, then that's the case then I completely believe that if you have no target for your society mm-hmm. no goals at all then every culture if you don't know where you're going any road will get you there right, right? okay but the moment you decide certain things are more important than other things, it you don't have to. You don't even have, have to try. The moment you develop, you come up with a hierarchy of goals, paths are either better or worse at getting there.
2: Isn't right. it interesting, though, that you were not, I, I don't think you're intentionally trying to, but this reconnects very nicely to the paper we we were originally discussing right yeah uh because so and a micro it is you could see culture as a self-organizing system because no one is actively designing oh, culture it's, yeah absolutely and yet so if you have goal, you minimize uncertainty of what's gonna happen and so it is gonna lead more likely to some outcomes rather than others um which
0: this is this is fundamentally the point yeah, of yeah we
2: just realized uh, at least See, I just changed something that I thought I understood. Self-organizing systems are not only life. Uh, I was trying to simplify and I made a mistake. I oversimplified there. So the paper is applying to this as well. Mm -hmm. Culture uh, tries to set some goals. Like as you said, in Sri Lanka, one of the goals is to avoid change, for example. Um, But accidentally, that is leading to the goal of... To to the result, rather... um, maybe young people don't like it there. Um,
0: The, 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 there is uncertainty. There is a logic to being so conservative. There is a reason why you should be so conservative because the underlying logic is that the search space of possible ways to be is so large that when you find something good you should fight like hell to hold on to it. Which, fair, right? But there is a meta truth That is better to hold on to than any one instantiation of a path. And that is holding on to the truth that it is the process that gives rise to feasible paths is more important than any one path that you have right now. Right?
2: Well, I agree with you. I think that's a strong statement. Like, I also see why a lot of people wouldn't agree. They're like, "I lucked out to be born in the greatest culture ever. Now I have to try my hardest to make it not degrade with this uh, new generation." It's I agree, maybe rational, but, but
0: I agree. But the problem with that is the world is not static. The world changes all the time, right? So, the 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 rules of behavior you have today, there is absolutely no guarantee that it'll be functional tomorrow, right? So it is more sensible to identify with the, so to identify with the generator process than to what the process generated, right? So for example, I'll give you an example, okay? But I think of, this is like this shit, I apply this shit to my life. This is like my personal example, okay? Um, uh, Andre and I were on a, on a walk let's say uh, a, a, a cognitively enhanced walk uh, uh oh, during 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 the winter winter break and uh, what the fuck am i talking about yeah i was on mushrooms I, I, <laughs> like i only would andre
1: wasn't andre still wants to run for president one of these days <laughs> so andre won't compromise his political career by saying <laughs> allegedly saying he did mushrooms on a podcast
0: so i was thinking so only would did mushrooms yeah on forest. i mean uh, truffles truffles because mushrooms are, le- are illegal here I guess I don't know whatever <laughs> anyway whatever point is um, we, we were walking in the woods and it was cold right it was really fucking cold it was like minus something minus 3 or 4 degrees out and we are thinking to ourselves I, I, and I was I, and I was like holy sh- man I just want to go home right now and be warm and comfortable right and and, I, and in that moment I was thinking to myself, because I think of uh, mushrooms as, a, uh, I think of psilocybin as putting yourself in a state where you're a bit more plastic, where your brain can sort of can make other connections and rebuild new parts of behavior, right? And the way I was, and I was thinking to myself, okay, A certain way of being, right? A certain way of thinking and acting and choosing. One behavioral outcome versus another, which we'll come to now. You talk about distributions, right? A certain pattern or a rule for choosing one out, one behavior over over another, gave rise to the fact that I. I'm in a situation where I can go to a place that is comfortable and warm and has food and has everything I need, right? A certain way of being. Now, the thing is, that state is not self-sustaining. The state of being warm and comfortable in your apartment, right? doesn't generate is not the generator function that generates more warmth and more comfort and more well-being there's something else that generates that right and i was like okay which of these do i want to identify with do i want to identify with the generator process or with the result of the generation and i was like no i'm gonna identify with the generation process And i was like what what is that that for me is saying i don't give a fuck if it's cold and I'll fucking do what I want, right? This is not me. So, because I was, because I was so afraid, of, I was like, I, w- I, was like so cold. I was like, no, fuck this. So, I took off my fucking jacket, took off my shirt, took off everything except my pants, and I, and I was like in the woods, just like, just like yelling at the cold and saying, no, fuck this. I decide.
2: What's Did important. you end up with a fever afterwards? No, I was
0: fine. Nice, right? I can
1: attest. It was a magical moment. And I have to, I have to add, this was a really, uh, a really well-planned act of Udesh. He, uh, I see this motherfucker breathing like crazy five minutes beforehand. He thought about it five minutes before this whole, I don't even know how to call it, way of life. And he planned to raise his core temperature by holotropic breathing. And then we walked for another 10 minutes to a hidden part of the forest in which there were no people to scare away by getting all naked and crazy. And then the moment of greatness came. (laughs) It was a magical moment. today. (laughs) So all this to say... So you
2: went all Wim Hof on us, huh? Yeah.
0: All this to say that... um, You have to be very careful when you think about what the process that generates these things are. And I was like, okay. So when it comes to culture, my thinking is, it is dangerous to say to say oh this is good we're gonna keep this right which can I guess uh, be also be said about like okay the rule for look we're gonna keep the generator function alive at all costs the thing is the generator function is not deterministic it's fucking noisy so there'll be a lot of shit ideas you know that there's a great saying democracy is not the process of picking the right person it's the process that allows you to get rid of the get rid of the wrong person right like so shit like that Uh, but anyway
2: i mean as they say if uh just fail fast and eventually you're gonna get to something better
0: yeah okay okay sorry i went on a fucking complete random random tangent
2: that was very pleasant tangent like i liked it so don't worry and also it was somewhat relevant okay so
0: i well, uh, what the hell is the first... What was the first fucking tenant of this paper?
2: Do you want me to read my notes? Yes, yes. Um, What's the first tenant? Uh, the first tenant states that uncertainty is a fundamental challenge of any living system because uh, it implies a lack of control and predictability over one's environment and outcomes. Oh, dude. Okay. So <laughs>
0: so there's a part... There's a, sorry, sorry, sorry. There's a part in this paper where they say... um, uh, So we use energy to um, transfer the entropy inside the system, outside, to maintain the order oh, the yeah. inside, right? Uh,
2: can I make a, a sideways, a r- yeah. very related to that, uh, I've uh, heard in a YouTube video years, ago. I don't even remember what the context was, that um, some physicists or something speculated that life is a self-emergent uh, property of any universe in which entropy exists because of this thing. It tries to minimize uh, entropy inside of itself, but it maximizes entropy outside of it. Because of it, it is extremely likely that life exists in every universe with entropy, if you believe in multiverses. Isn't that insane? Like, I really like this formulation of life. Life is just a, self em- a self-emergent property of entropy, of all things.
3: It's an interesting thought, and this goes back to what you actually said before, which is that the world is constantly changing, right? And the only thing I could think about when you said that is that, oh yeah, this relates back to the paper where they said that entropy in a system can only increase as a function of time because of inefficiencies. And we dissipate our internal entropy through the use of external energy that we put into the system, and it goes out into the world. The world is constantly changing,
0: right? The entropy is always increasing. Okay, so this is cool, right? As I was thinking about this, so this, uh, the, the second law of thermodynamics, they mentioned this here, well, yep. That's the first law. Second yep. law of thermodynamics? Second. Okay. So what, 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 the, what, what, what that means is like... So, so the second law of thermodynamics gives you the arrow of time. Pretty much. Right? Because if you have... Uh, it, the, the direction of dissipation is like time. Okay? So think about a fridge. Okay? Think of the... the I, 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 when I was reading, I, I, I read this paper and I thought about the fridge for like 30 minutes. I was like, holy shit. The fridge is sort of like a time machine. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out, all right? Because your food in the fridge, now let's say it's an apple, right? Removed from its tree, now this thing is has no mechanism to keep the internal disorder from taking over and breaking down eventually, right? You put it in a fridge, you put it in this environment that delays that, that delays that uh, internal decay, right? (coughs) So what you're doing is you're taking energy from the outside, putting it into the system that is artificially maintaining a, a state where the- Time moves slowly. Time moves if thermo- just by the second law of thermodynamics, d- dynamics inside the fridge time sort of moves slow yeah but Not the really, whole cause point like, what the fuck that like
2: the whole point of the first tenet was basically this like yeah. self-organizing systems are I- in your interpretation time machines like they do the same thing as the fridge they minimize internal entropy by increasing outside entropy uh, disproportionately
0: so let's think about it right so like when something's dead Right when you say something, is, something is dead. It's no longer capable of taking energy from the energy from outside of itself, or outside of the system, to maintain the internal internal structure of the system. Yeah, right. That's fucking nuts.
2: Yeah, that's that's what it, like as long as a system, a self-organizing system exists, uh, it is able to maintain a lower internal entropy. And then the moment it ceases to exist, it uh, here in the paper they say. Uh, it gets eliminated in a darwinian fashion like it, i also thought of that while we were talking about cultures right when you say a, a culture feels to adapt to the changing times then it's just getting evolved out which for the culture from the internal point of view that's a horrible thing it means it's dying but from the outside it's just better cultures are winning over better life forms are winning over and uh stuff inside the fridge is being kept uh, alive longer, I guess, like kept good longer. That's that's all this is about.
3: And in the context of this they also mention attractors and something that is so interesting about this is that they say that it's a consequence of complex systems that they tend to return to a relatively small number of stable low entropy states.
2: That is a crab. You know how, like, crabs evolved, like, six different times in independently? Mm-hmm. That is apparently a super efficient uh, life form, like, shape to be alive in. Because it evolved independently over and over. That's crazy, right? That is an attractor. That is a strong attractor, apparently, in life.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could definitely apply this to, like you said, cultures and specific attributes and traits. That these are attractor traits or attractor cultures. They're just good states for the system system to be in, to dissipate entropy and reach these low entropy states.
2: That is so crazy, Uh, because, yes, if you put it away, um, a culture that values progress just the right amount is an attractor, because if you overvalue progress, then you're going to, your culture is going to mutate super quickly into something else, so you're going to head towards something different faster like so fast that it's, you just a, it's,
0: just, it's just a fucking learning rate op- learning rate op- optimization yes P- fucking put but col- for entropy and culture, yeah put culture <laughs> in, a, culture in a scale, scale, and then let's get this over with <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> like if you have too much too high of a learning rate you're gonna learn yourself away as a culture yeah yeah yeah. but true. the opposite is true like if you instead stay in place you're never learning so if you're not exactly in the middle of an attractor you're gonna collapse Then these comments, that leads to the second tenet. Uh, why don't you say something about it? Yeah, so... We're still alternating microphones. That's why I had to... So you mentioned sec- this
3: problem say, of optimizing too much for progress. And I think that leads on to the second tenet because what they say is that uncertainty emerges as a function of the conflict between the competing perceptual and behavioral affordances. And let's, you know, let's play in English for this one. What they're really saying... Yes, please. ...is that uncertainty is the function of perceptual interpretations of the current state and the behavioral affordances there are for that state. And if you optimize too much for progress, then you could reach a state where the number of possible perceptual interpretations or and the number of possible behavioral affordances increase and therefore so you the have entropy,
2: too much increases. entropy. Oh, yes. that is interesting. Nice,
0: nice. nice. So, a couple of things I want to we should clarify there, right? One is what a behavioral affordance is, okay? And this comes from an awesome book that I read when I when uh, when I, I, I read this when I was when you were taking um, uh, human computer interaction, I think. So last semester. Yeah, yeah. I just read it like because they had a copy in the library. Um, it's called the, the Ecolo- ecological approach to visual perception. So the crux of the the crux of this idea, which is empirically solid, is that we see the world uh, as a place for action, as a place for doing doing things. So, like when you see a cliff, you're not seeing a cliff; you're seeing a falling off place. Right? When so, for example, like you can take you can take babies. Put them at the on the at the on the edge of a table. Please don't do that. Right? Like, experimentally, and like you could have like a glass thing, right? That has a drop, and then there's a thing, and uh, so like it's a table, which extends over over glass, and then another table. So there's a drop in the middle, but it's not no, it's not a real drop. It's just a glass, right?
2: That that's better. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and the babies won't go near it. Like they will just like they will, they're like nope. Like even though then like there's a glass there, like now nah. because what they're seeing is not just like a thing. It's like it's a falling off place, right? So the behavioral affordance is. Given the goals or given what I want to accomplish. Which of these things are relevant to those things, right? And now if you think back, to what the brain is doing, and if you go back and listen to the learning podcast I just released. It's right, your brain is trying really hard to predict things, right, and prediction becomes easier the less things you have to predict, less options you have to predict from, okay so when you are out in the world, what you want is to make as many things as irrelevant as possible, right like it's actually it's it's you can you can see this for yourself like if you're just casually walking around if you are you're just out if you are if you're just out for a stroll and you're not on the way somewhere right someone can stop you to talk to you someone can you know like a baby cute baby can run across the street and play with the ball that won't bother you but if you're on the way to a meeting and you're in a rush everything that comes in your way is either something that enables you to move forward to your goal faster or something that gets in your way right that's kind of how your brain reacts to these things so that's what like a, that's that's what like a behavioral affordance is it's like what given what i want to go do which of the things in my environment present themselves as things for action yeah yeah and um so another thing i wanted to do, Mention is I want to talk about this graph, this high entropy, low entropy distribution. Um, So a a high entropy state. Okay. This is a great example. This is this is how this is a great thing. Okay. So if you have a fair coin, that is, if you have a fair coin versus a coin that you know will fall on heads. Seven percent of the time, which one has higher entropy? Um, the fair coin. Fair coin, right? Yep. Because there are, uh, because each, th- because the distribution, each possibility is equally likely. Right?
2: Yeah, so you don't know what to bet on. You don't human have beings, a goal.
0: The, what human I beings spend most of our time doing is, imp- is, is adding biases into the environment. Right. When we go home, <laughs> we don't want it to be equally likely that it'll be minus three degrees, and ten degrees, and eight degrees, and twenty-five degrees, thirty degrees in there. We don't want that. That's way too much entropy. We are like, we go home. We go somewhere. It's nice, twenty-two degrees all the time. Okay. We don't want that. So when you're looking at the future, right, or any any possible let's let's any possible thing that you're gonna do. When every possible option is equally likely, that is very anxiety-provoking. That's the general Just Okay, but anyway, tenant number three, what's it worth?
3: And this is perfect, right? Because you just described that a low-entropy state is, can be thought of as a state where there are not many perceptual interpretations or there are not many behavioral affordances. So when I'm going home, I know what the temperature in my home is gonna be like. like. There's no question about it. That's a low-entropy state. And these low entropy states can be obtained through the application of goals and beliefs, and this is what ten and three states. That uncertainty can be reduced
2: by clear goals and belief structures, which is really nice, right? Because if I know I want to go home, I'm not gonna head in the opposite direction. That's just like as simple as it is. Uh, so, what are goals really? They're just filters for uh, useless information.
3: Yeah, like Udash biases. It uh, man, this is. I don't even
0: know the stock in this time. This, this is rough. Th- th- this is rough. It's like, it's like, um, when you, you know, when I, I'll give you an, ex- I'll give you an example, right? Like when I, when I, started this program. I have, th- I still do have a single-minded focus. It's like I am... My thing was like, if this is the last thing, if this is the last thing I get to do on this last little journey I get to go on, I'm going to make it... I'm going to give it... I'm going to treat it as such. I treat it as if this is the last thing. So I gave this a sort of a single-minded focus. And I was like, okay. And that was super calming. It calmed me down, right? I don't... like almost everything is not an option
2: uh that's why right i'm uh lately i'm having some struggle because i want to join so many cool projects like what comes uh, what is a really nice thing of having become a good student uh, spur alert i was a horrible student before is that now i get invited to do all sorts of cool things because people know i have skills that are valuable but i have to say no and because i i don't uh, I, don't, I prioritize the studies, but apparently I don't do that enough. I don't have a clear goal where the studies are the most important thing I'm doing right now. So I would still like to do other things. I still consider them, and that raises anxiety. Is
0: that what's happening? That's precisely what's happening. It's like mm. because because you're 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 in a high entropy st- state because like any of the options is likely, right? Like that's like. Um, So this is the thing, Oh, this is interesting. So not only do you want, okay. Even if you have one outcome that's very likely, but you have an infinite number of outcomes that are not zero, but very small, all of those Unlikely outcomes. One of them is more likely than your most likely outcome. That is still a high entropy state. Yeah, right. So this is in, so so. Not only it's not enough to have one outcome that is very likely and a lot of unlikely outcomes. You still have to limit the number of outcomes that can happen. Even if you know that the number of outcomes can be anything, anything can go wrong, right? You have to believe a few of the options, right? Like, so when I was at, so uh, I I felt a marked increase in my anxiety this semester, as opposed to the first couple of semesters. Because this semester, now it's like, okay, ma- where am I going to do my masters? Like, what am I going to do? do I want? So all of a sudden, this semester, a bunch of options opened up. People are like, hey man, do you want to come work for us? I was like, hey man, hey, here's the masters here, here and here, right? You can come work in Sri Lanka. You can go do a PhD. You can go do a PhD. Like, you can go to UK. You can do ma- What do you want to do? You can. You can do the Erasmus Manders. All these fucking options. And like, nope. It was super. I couldn't like. I. Because I fe- like, I'm very, very sensitive to this. I, I can. I felt the anxiety go up. And the moment I decided, And I the moment I chopped off options and just like decided on like four or five. Anxiety drop. My. Uh, I have a direct link to this. It's directly related to the, the amount of sleep I get. Oh wow! <laughs> it's for like whenever, whenever, some, whenever, whenever, whenever this shit explodes, my sleep goes to shit. Like, I just I, I can't fall asleep, and when I do fall asleep, I wake up at like four, or five in the morning, three, or four in the morning sometimes. Isn't
2: that what you wake up at usually? <laughs> no, yeah, usually it's like
0: it's like five forty-five, <laughs> but like you know, it gets hard. So when I know the options are narrowed down it's much easier, okay? Um, yeah. So
2: uh, that leads me to say to the listeners, if you guys know any super interesting master's programs or good opportunities of what to do after a bachelor's uh, in CSAI, please let us know. Uh, Udish and Andre here are about to graduate and me and Dennis luckily have another year before we do that, but the pressure is building up yeah. Anyways, back to the paper. Um,
3: yeah, so I really want to add something on this because I think this is one of the main takeaways I have from the paper and it's that they're explaining a huge societal problem that we're actually facing today. And it's that the world today is very uncertain and it causes a lot of anxiety to people. Have you seen all of this uh like in the last decade I think a bunch of studies on uh young people and uh, anxiety related uh, disorders like depression or just increased rates of anxiety now imagine that you're like a prehistoric human living on the savannah and all you, all you do is hunt and gather and survive and reproduce okay.
2: I think you didn't do the best example you could have done because there's a lot of uncertainty Th- there you could die okay. any moment I would think I can of do, I can give another one uh, I, like pre- on, I, I like going on I like going on hikes a what? I like going on hikes
3: Oh Yeah. Yeah. Why do I like going on hikes? Well, hikes are very simple, right? You have a starting point, you have an end point, and sure, a lot of things can go wrong during a hike, but you only have one behavioral affordance, walk. Right? Like, you're out there in the wilderness, there's no, like, discussion on, oh, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What are we going to see? Like, no, we're going to walk. We have a path, we're going to walk, because we need to get to our end point, and it's extremely calming for that reason.
0: I think this is why we like going to the gym, bro. Yes. Cause because like, yes. when you're when you're like when you're hitting the when you're hitting that rep or like you're under the squ- under the squat bar, right? That is a very low entropy state psychologically. It's like you have no other like the number of choices you have zero. Go the fuck up. <laughs> zero. Either fucking pick this bed up or or drop it down. Here we go. And for go. and for those few seconds. Your life is as simple as it could possibly be, right? Oh man, that didn't occur to me until then. I don't know.
3: And I think this is a thought that intuitively, maybe like a few of us or maybe all of us have, but this paper seriously explains it. Like they formalize this concept. That's the beauty of this paper. That's the beauty of it. And then I'm starting to think about the world that we live in, you're talking about all of these opportunities and job offers and master opportunities. You can move there, you can go there. This is an issue we have in the modern world. Like, we are not biologically adapted for this kind of environment. And it causes us a lot of anxiety because it's uncertainty.
0: Yeah. Why, Why? This sort of explains like why, why, why is it so unsatisfying sometimes to watch something on Netflix? Because you have so many fucking options. It's like, Oh man, that's a different I story.
2: But it's again. like, I, am I watching the most efficient thing to watch right now? <laughs> am I watching the most satisfying program that I could be watching? Want to do? Is,
1: there
2: a yeah.
0: best is there a better program? Is there a better show? Is there
2: a better movie? Yeah, like uh, back to the master's topic, right? Like I was on a master's portal, like a website and I applied all the filters. I wanted to like, I felt like applying and I had 230 items, 238 masters left. How am I supposed to learn about each of them enough to give them a fair shot? I have to filter with meaningless filters. Like I had to filter just maybe then now I want something that is only in the European Union and that cut it about in half. Now what am I just going to start saying, oh, I only want France, Netherlands and Germany. Like why? Why? What if there's the best uh, uh, master's program in AI in Slovakia? And I will never know about it because I filtered it out arbitrarily. That is a problem right we have too many options
0: so this brings brings to the problem of first world problems by the way <laughs> something you, you just mentioned about like you know going back to this inch, this uh, survival like uh, you know, you know hunter gatherer i think there's something to be and, and the modern problems of modern modernism right i think there's a small there's a link there with this obsession with post apocalyptic movies and tv shows and, and thinking right there's almost this yearning this like this craving for a more simple situation right it's like yeah it's more risky like you said you, you, the environment could be anything but your behavioral rules are fucking straightforward just survive yeah. just but live do what it cuz cause like cuz cause people, people nowadays i mean because if you have religion Right, if you have religion and a strong cultural, you you have religion and then you're embedded in a strong cultural thing. That is a strong limiting function of your behavioral, uh, the behavior, behavior, behavioral affordances. Your religion sort of tells you what you can do and can't do. Your culture tells you what you can and can't do. Right? Say you're a young person here. None of that anymore. Right? You are a fine intellectual. (laughs) Okay. The behavioral affordances all of a sudden is like fucking through the roof, and mm-hmm. you're sort of. I think it's funny that it's like a subconscious craving for the situation where it's like I don't have to think of what I have to do. I just have to like no one's gonna judge me. Is right or is it wrong? I just have to live, and I can say I I do what I had to do. All I had to do was all I had to do was survive, right? I think there's something there. Hold on, Andre, what the fuck, bro? What's up? you've been sitting here like a fucking monk taking all this shit in? <laughs> let's see. Let, let's see what this generator. He looked, looked. like he was
1: meditating. I yeah, said. yeah. What's going on? We should we should have we should have put the two of you together because you're the high output bunch of the group. True. he and I are the more the thoughtful kind. <laughs> Would have split them. My time. You know
3: what they say about the loudest people in the room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one thought is that the there is a sentiment in the paper in what have been has been discussed so far that doesn't do justice to the human drive for high entropy states for curiosity for seeking novelty unpredictability um like there there is this push that is seems totally valid that okay to decrease uncertainty to decrease anxiety you need to cut stuff out you need to de- m- decrease some of the action space by s- using some structures go- stru- structured goals but still that's only part of the story like humans also need um, beyond structure if everything would be perfectly predictable every situation would have a very sharp probability distribution, a very skewed probability distribution, and every situation have an appropriate response that's perfectly clear. That doesn't mean, that seems like hell in a way. That seems like a boring way to live. The thing is- a second point. Yeah, go on. So that's the first one. How does this um, entropy model of uncertainty account for the human drive for entropy? The second would be about how low information contexts, like going to the gym, hike, meditating, decreasing the stimuli, decreasing the information, which is kind of related to entropy, but not in the sense that it has been discussed so far, not in the sense of randomness, of the randomness of a variable, but in the sense of information. That's an interesting thing, that subjective like anec data that how structure how predictable is the environment how simple is the environment allows for a greater internal complexity greater freedom L- bigger thoughts larger thoughts more divergent thinking like the best thoughts I have are in the gym when everything is predictable everything is clear and also the um, the ritualist the how do you call it the discipline like in the last period when I um this semester when I have to optimize everything to the millisecond and I started to have really really structured days to the minute this doing eating at the same time every day going to the gym every time every at every time and every day going to sleep every day this low information environment, this predictable context allowed for unprecedented freedom of thought and high output quality thinking. Yes. So these
0: two things. That two was. Fucking phenomenal! All right, <laughs> I have <laughs> no, no. a lot of comments
2: on that. If, uh, unless you want to go yeah, first, yeah, no,
0: let me let me, go, let me do a couple, a couple of couple things. Uh, I definitely want to get back to habits and how they relate to what they talk about in this paper, right? Because I, I have this, I have I have a annotation here that literally just says, um, let's see, yeah, fuck. But, it. Anyway, sorry. Okay, uh, what I wanted to say was like the. I agree with you. So I wanna I wanna address the point of this entropy seeking sort of function that you mentioned, right? Um, if everything was predict- predictable. What I think is that nature takes care of that for us. I think the role of the human consciousness is this entropy reducing order Generating source, this this generator of beauty, and I think of beauty as a structure generation, right? Um, I think your need, what you mentioned, that 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 there seems to be some form, some push from the human mind towards high entropy states right i think it's more that we end up finding ourselves in high entropy states all the time just as a function of interacting with the world i think that's sort of like the default setting right right i think that's like the se- i think that's the default setting of the world right and that's sort of what the the brain has adapted to as a counter it's like okay we have we have these tools, we have we have this situation. I think that's the most stable characteristic of nature that throughout existence, right? And the brain has evolved in the presence of this thing, as to be like, okay, how do I deal with this? I'm gonna come up with these different adaptations, right? Wait, so you're saying that the brain is biased towards
1: Decreasing uncertainty. Yes. Hmm. But still, how do you account for clear entropy-producing actions? Going to trips, going to the novel stuff, watching movies, going to a new restaurant. Where is this drive coming from? Why is that novel? Going to a new restaurant. Yeah. It's like you
0: decide you want to go to a new restaurant. Backpacking. Ah, uh, what you decide that? going to a new restaurant. You decide you you want to what go is back novel now? then? That's a good question. <laughs> if, if, you, if you can define it, is it novel? If you can define it,
1: is it novel? Dropping truth bombs on us. Goddamn.
3: So they do talk about this in the paper as uh, I don't remember, they with the with exploration and something else. I think it's exploitation and exploration. Yes. And they say that sometimes it's worth to increase your short-term entropy because it can lead to greater reductions in entropy over the long term. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And maybe that's what you can start applying here. So yes. you're saying that maybe going to a new restaurant reveals that this restaurant is a restaurant you love. They have amazing food. It's a great place to be. So for future times, you can go back to that restaurant because maybe it's even better than your favorite restaurant now. And I think Udis has the best example of this because we've talked about your life story before and the fact that you completely dropped your life back in Sri Lanka to move across the world and start a new bachelor's here in the Netherlands is like a huge risk. Like you're taking on massive amounts of entropy as an uncertainty for a short term, but it's to lead to a greater reduction of entropy in the long term
2: i i think i agree completely with that exactly that was the point that uh, we were missing like why do we have curiosity was basically your main point right like why do people seek things that they don't know about is because sometimes we think long term but also there's a trade-off when can you afford to take risks and think long term in that way you can only think of, of that when you're at a really low entropy state like as you were saying, you do your best thinking when you're in the gym, when you have nothing else to worry about. You start thinking, you go into this... Like, why do we do meditation? Why do people do that? Because you have nothing to do except breathe. And then you think about all the possibilities. In a different way, why do you go get a backpacking? Backpacking, Because actually, who goes get backpacking, I think? Or who starts a new business? Or who does crazy things? Except Udersh, because Udersh had no reassurances. People who have a stable background. Like when I uh, moved abroad from Italy to go uh, to Slovakia to work there, I was like, okay, things go bad. I have my family as a backup. So I can afford to raise the entropy intentionally because there is always a low entropy state that I can easily go back to, which is uh, like because I have a golden parachute, basically. I can afford to do that. And... Yeah, I had one more example, but I forgot. Go ahead.
0: No, the line oh. from the paper is: attempts to minimize short-term entropy at all costs through the adoption of rigid cognitive structures and behavioral patterns, for example, by willfully ignoring information that contradicts one's worldview or refusing to explore outside of one's familiar environment, may in fact—Oh boy! <laughs> may in fact result in long-term adaptive failure, despite the long short-term reduction in anxiety. Absolutely. It's like in the short term, nope. And But the long term, you get fucked. Cause the, cause the, the world is cha- World changes in multiple timescales, right? It changes now in the, the daily timescale. It changes in the yearly timescale, uh, ten thousand year timescale, a hundred thousand year timescale, right? So one interest, one really, real, one thing that really helped me, helped calm me down in a weird way, is, uh, learning about evolution. I I, I I read quite a bit about evolution, like to get an like a, like to get it, like a, in my bones sort of understanding about what the fuck evolution means. And the most important thing it did for me is it is put my life in a much longer timescale, in the billions of years timescale, right? And so I was like, it's I mean. I know it's like I, I I'm not saying I think about everything in like a billion year timescale because because that would be that would be ridiculous. I wouldn't do anything as a human being. I'd be instead, I would be stuck. But like it's sort of uh, the longer you can extend your time horizon, generally it simplifies things down a bit.
2: There's two views in life. One is ah uh, nothing really matters, and there is a, like. Nothing really
0: matters.
2: (laughs) You can, if you think about life that way, which is what I do, like I am not afraid of other people judging me, at least not until it becomes an inconvenience, or I'm not afraid of how things can go bad because it doesn't really matter. I can just do whatever I want um, because there's there's no rules. There's no, like ethical rules are made up. I follow them because I think they're useful. They don't actually exist. There's no, in my view... It doesn't matter if think, they actually exist. Exactly. Also, you, that's also true. It
0: doesn't matter because your your behaviors are embedded in that regardless whether you believe it or not, right? It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter, like it, uh, gravity doesn't care if you believe it or not. You jump off a building, you're going to fall to your death.
2: Yes. Right? True, true, true.
0: So, like... No, that was an interesting point you brought up about, about the, the this sort of you have to be able you have to you have to have a function that enables you to escape local minimum local minimum and you have to have a way to recognize when you might be stuck at one how uh, it called when you
2: jump randomly randomly
0: start gradient descent <laughs> Um, <laughs>
2: that's what you did, right? Yeah. Basically. You were second or You were like, yeah, l- yeah. let's just jump. Yeah. <laughs> do like Because, like,
0: yeah. like, like, if I had. Yeah, I was completely right. And then, uh, I mean.
2: I mean, to some extent, all of us did it, right? Yeah. But I yeah, feel yeah. like your example is the most.
0: Um, but uh, I. Obvious one. So, I wanted to get to the point on. So. When I was. Uh, I when I was thinking about being a student mentor, right? When I applied to this uh, mentorship thing, uh, you know how the top week, whatever, no, 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 no like, you know, you know how we have that uh, past top program. program, yeah, the, 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 the pass program, the past yeah. program, right? And I thought really hard about how you should decompose goals and 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 life. And shit. I wish I had a screen to show this to you guys. But I made this before reading any of this stuff, right? Um, and where is it? Uh, miscellaneous. Okay.
2: I will not look at the screen, so you can describe it to me. Okay. So I can make sure if I were a listener to the podcast, I will still, not, uh, still understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's pulling up a screen for the benefit of Andre and Dennis. I have no
0: idea what's on it. Where is this thing? Uh, goals, here we go. No, 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 here. This is something I made. I was going to give it to the students if I ever got selected, right? <laughs> which um, I was like, uh, which I wasn't, uh, which kind of sucked, but...
1: Uh, you don't know what you missed, people that didn't hire Gudesh? <laughs> look, look what he's doing now, having a podcast.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> if this thing was fucking open... um.
2: To be fair, he got hired for a million other things anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not, not too stressed about it. But um, the point... I was trying to confront you. I mean, while this thing figures itself out, I don't know what's going on. But um, that's just... What else? What, what, what Did we get to the... What, what was the last tenant of this paper?
2: Um, I have it written down. But it, actually, the fourth tenant is the easiest one to understand. Um, what I noted down was, the fourth tenet states that uncertainty is experienced subjectively as anxiety which is an unpleasant emotional state that signals a threat or challenge to one's well-being. Do you think I got it correctly?
1: Point point taken from the great Sam Harris. How do you distinguish anxiety from excitement? If you only take into consideration the raw sensory input both produce. And how does that what's this delineation between anxiety and excitement what role does it play in the effort to decrease external entropy or increase it in constraining building habits mm, and exploring
2: well i think it's one of those like while well, they might have some similar feel to it um like I, I will not answer the second part of your question because that was difficult. But how do you tell them apart? Uh, is like the same thing as nothing really matters or nothing really matters. It's just like one feel while they maybe activate the same. Uh, they made you fe- make you feel things in different in the same parts of your body. One makes you not well. Both of them make you not feel at night. Nice, I, I, I one I, feels good and one feels bad.
0: I don't have an answer to that question, but I have a heuristic that that's useful. So anxiety is perceived as an aversive state that you want to move away from right if you have now since you're going to move away from something anyway you might as well move towards something so when you have a goal it's a nice coupling you're anxious from from the anxiety provoking state of multiple perceptual affordances you put a goal cap around it and and you, and you use the anxiety to Propel you towards your, your goals. I
2: really like your hand gestures in that moment.
0: Yeah, like that's that, I mean, that's kind of how that's kind of how you think. You should like you should, you should put your anxiety behind you as a, as the wind in your sails to get you to where you want to go.
2: We should really start using cameras.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so here's here's the thing that I made, right? Here's here's this thing that I made. Okay, this is like this fucking this document that I made, and what you're seeing she is finally found it. Yeah. So what you're seeing is there there are two parts. One is the other other blue arrows right? It's planning and decomposition, okay. And the orange arrows coming backward is implementation and realization, right? So you have high level. You have a high level vision for the future. You decompose and plan it down to medium term goals. You decompose those down to short term goals. Then you decompose those down to immediate go, immediate goals, and you decompose those down to habits and routines. Ooh. And then. The generation happens on its own. The implementation and realization comes back the other way. Habits and routines build up to immediate goals, which build up to short-term goals, which build up to medium-term goals, and a high-level vision for the future. Right? And depending on how far out you plan the, how, in the future, so like the, your high-level vision for the future can be five years from now. Then when you get there, you re-evaluate, rebuild the, build a new structure. Right? How, long,
2: uh, how far is your long-term vision going for?
0: five years i can't i i find it hard to to do more than that
2: okay i have a vague planning until like i'm 60 or 70. Mm. i i know a few things i want to do before i get to retirement age you know um and then trying to keep my in a small part like you said like the long-term vision influences it doesn't it is not the only thing that determines the lower steps of um of planning but also it does have an influence, right? So one reason why I want to stay really healthy, for example, throughout life, um, is that I want to get to being like 70 and be like my grandpa was for me. He took me um, skiing at 76, 77 was the last time he, he was skiing with me and my sisters. And I think that's the coolest grandpa ever. I want to be that grandpa, you know.
0: I have a very, very concrete goal in regards to fitness. It's like if I get to 100, I want to be able to dead, be able to deadlift my body weight
2: at two, uh, at 100 years old. Yeah, yeah, that at least that is very, very ambitious. Doable. But I think it's like very with current it's very advancements in medicine, if medicine, I get to it's 100, be
1: possible, I want to do It's very doable. We'll pump you full of virgin blood. We'll some what was it? Testosterone therapy. Yeah, that, that is so creepy that it actually works. Not incel blood, though. We don't want that kind of virgin blood.
2: Jesus. Are you just trying to preserve yourself? Anyways. <laughs> so, I just want to say, on the topic I dare of... I
3: to a duel, motherfucker. On the topic of your uh, your gold pages that you just uh, explained to us, uh, they actually talk about them in the paper as well. But they frame them as higher-order goals and lower-order goals, And they do explain that when our higher order goals are challenged or disrupted, those are causes for great anxiety because these are goals that we use as heuristics for our everyday life and we apply them to many different scenarios and situations to kind of um, constrain the perceptual and behavioral possibilities.
0: So, another thing they mentioned in the paper is that so, like, effort, so, obstacles intri- increase entropy. Right? So, it's like well what did it say the cognitive resources of the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex thus appear to a love for the detailed exploration of an unexpected outcome so that in it can be analyzed for its causes motivational significance relevant perceptual properties and implications for future behavior okay so i've written this note here i don't know if this is going to make any sense uh it says you can build a version of yourself by habitually limiting the range of responses you have to obstacles that show up in your, in during your goal pursuit. So, like, that sort of limits the perceptual output. It's like if you had like, like, um, if you're so hell bent on doing something that no matter what obstacle that comes up, you're just like, nope, not gonna stop me. That makes almost every behavioral possibility ne- collapse into the one option. Like, nope, keep going forward, right? It's like this is a concept that I have. It's like whenever I go, I set out to do something, and an obstacle shows up. I think of the obstacle as a conversation with Satan. It's like, it's like you, uh, like. And my answer is no, not today. Like this is not not. I'm not gonna answer. And uh, I think you can make yourself into that kind of person. But of uh, like, my, you, know, you know what? I, Wait, you know you know what scares me the most?
2: How do you do that? How do you make yourself into that kind of person? How did you make? I have no idea. How did you do that?
0: I'm not that. i don't I'm not that kind of person. I know people like. Uh, what scares me the most is that I. What I don't want is to actually ever be tested. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, because I can think of situations where all of my convictions will be put to the test and I'm going to have to decide. Like, maybe my kid is dying and I have the option to steal some money and help him. Like, am I going to do it? I just pray... I don't have to be, I never have to be in a situation. So I work hard as fuck so that I never have to be in a situation like that. So
2: you don't want to be tested.
0: Huh? No, I don't want to be tested. Oh,
2: I thought you I thought you went the other no way way. Like, I'm I curious don't be to tested. see if I will actually manage. Fuck no. I okay. don't want to be tested. Like that, I don't have that, that much faith reasonable. in myself. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way. But like um Okay, but if you did if you were in that situation and you stole stuff to help your kids, I will not judge you. I have your back, bro.
0: Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that, 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 I appreciate that. Okay. <sighs> man.
2: Okay, uh are we done discussing the
0: paper? We can talk about what you want, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you heard they're releasing ChatGPT this week? A new GPT-4, sorry, oh, no, I meant GPT-4 coming this week, guys. Yes, that's insane. Like What do you mean? Uh, they combine ChatGPT, gpt dolly and all those oh, other you things. Oh, they can do they images and shit now. The, it, it's like yeah, it's, it's so. one thing I think you can talk. like that's I don't know they even said and if you just said it's multi-model what if they implement whisper in it and you can talk to it and it talks back to you and it if it's like oh yeah uh, watch this and it makes an image for you and like oh that's, that's is that not AGI yeah. okay maybe I'm raising expectations too much but I'm like really excited yeah. really looking forward to it
0: Alexander, what's up who's that? What is it? Open. Um. Yeah. Open. What? The? Yeah. We can cut this out. <laughs> no, 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 no. We no. want we <laughs> want people to
1: know how we are treated in Tilburg no, University. No, no. Okay. Okay. Look. 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 Before we get to this, we want our podcast studio. Uh,
0: before we get to um, before we before we go off on a wild wild tangent, um, I want to mention that. Okay. If you are in a place where you are consumed by crippling anxiety, like with regards to what you want to do, what you want to be, right? How you want to do, where you want to go with the next two, three years of your life. I will put some links to some very helpful things you can do. Uh, One is the self-authoring program, which... I'm telling you will help you immensely. It basically a formalized writing tool that captures essentially what this paper tells you to do right and it it causes a lot of anxiety in the short term because you have to actually have to think about some problems, but it's shown to reduce it in the long term. So it's shown to improve grades, it's supposed to improve college retention like if you are in a situation like that, Definitely helps to write something. Write something down. Um, also, um, I wanted to say something about maybe for a different time. Maybe for a different time. But uh, yeah, if see else.
1: the topic, man. I'm curious.
0: What I wanted to talk about was uh, on the concept of the of the generator. Generator functions, right? Like, what it is that gives rise to desirable, good futures and goals for not just for yourself psychologically, but for everybody around you. Um, for for us to be able to have something like this, like this podcast, where we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, I think it's... It rests on the... F- on the fact that we are in a sense free to think and say what we feel without having to worry about being ostracized or uh, uh, anything for it, right? On the one hand, we've sort of earned that by working our asses off and like, we have our result. We have we have we have our track record to back us up. So it's not a, it's not a problem. But on the other hand, we are also in a situation where we are in this environment in, in a university where that's supposed to be the fundamental role of what a university is, right? So. Um, Yes, yeah, no, I think, you know, we'll have a separate podcast about this, something that I want to talk about in particular, but in general, I just wanted to say that, like, that's important. It's part of the reason why I came to a place like the Netherlands, so I know, because I want to be able to do this kind of things. I don't want to be, uh, and that's something I really value, so, yeah, okay, sorry.
2: Does Let anyone have ideas for the next paper?
0: Oh, shit. Mm that's a good question i didn't think about that like uh, this is my my contribution uh, getting... maybe we should
1: vote or something not make it on the spot like make suggestions put it on the group chat
0: too many options bro that, that's too high entropy <laughs> Ooh.
1: Um,
2: we can also say like people who listen to the podcast whenever like wherever you want um, to comment like on linkedin or i think spotify doesn't have comments but yeah. wherever you manage to get in touch with one of us shouldn't be too hard um you can always uh, give us ideas for next, uh, for the next paper to talk about. No. <gasps> what do you mean no?
0: No.
1: We don't like democracy?
0: The, there's four of us here, bro. We can come, we can do democracy? <laughs> That's way too many options.
1: I really wonder what's the audience of this podcast. Like There is a guy somewhere so, in his mother's basement so listening to this right now. So
0: this is the thing. So this is something I'm, I'm trying to control. Is there though? Trying to, I'm, I'm thinking about it, right? It's like, when I, when you're interacting with the world, how much... Do you want the environment to in? in you, you you can't help but the environment influence your these things, right? Influence your decisions. But how much do you want your environment influencing your decisions? And one thing I really wanted to avoid. I know this is like a this is a problem for like someone who actually has people who gives a shit. But there's a there is a concept. This idea is a concept called audience capture, right? So, the best example is this guy, this guy on YouTube who started a channel where it was just him eating stuff, right? Eating strange things. Is it Nico Cato? Some something, right? Avocado? And then he let people, yeah, I think so. And then he let people decide what he wanted. Became morbidly obese. Yeah, he became morbidly obese, right? And I was like, that's I'm very sad story. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not go- so. I I don't even look at the stats for this show. I looked at it. Yes, I I see. It Unfortunately I saw it yesterday when I tried to upload the new episode. But I try to avoid the shit at all because
2: like I am so curious. Since I'm not the like you are the owner of this podcast, right? Like
0: I can tell you right now. Yeah that, uh, for now, right at this point there have been I think like something like seven hundred and fifty listens of all. In total to your yeah, yeah. That's not bad. No. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, yeah. considering I don't put it, considering that I don't tell it any like, I only post it on LinkedIn when I when I when yeah. I post this, when I share this. But You know what's funny? I used to think, oh my God, everyone does this. Like, who's who's a fuck, right? Then in December, or like Spotify sent me an email. It's like, oh, here's how your thing did over the last year. You've produced more than 90%. You produced more content than 90% of the channels channels in your category. I'm like, what the fuck? Because it it turns out most people don't make stuff. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Anyway, next paper. I'll decide it right now because it's easier. Decide it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have three papers. What do you want to do? Because, because, mm. like, I, I, we were we were thinking we go around the uh, the 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 cognitive science pentagram. You know, like psychology, computer science, AI. Uh, neuroscience.
2: I have a paper here that sounds interesting, in but maybe it doesn't fit the vision you just said. No, I don't care. What is it? Uh, okay, it's called <laughs> "Embodied Cognition and, ma- and the Magical Future of Interaction Design." Uh, this paper explores the ways in which cognitive processes are embodied in physical interactions with the world, and how it, this can inform the design of more intuitive and effective user interfaces. So it is part of it is cognitive science, and part of it is um, you know like human-computer interaction.
0: Wait a second, why the fuck don't they let let, uh, let you have cans in here?
2: Because <laughs> yeah, I might spill it on the electrical equipment. Because it's open, I cannot close it. If you were a bottle, it would be fine. Ah. Yeah. It's not about the content, it's about the fact that I can't close it. God. Going back to the sorry, 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 twenty sorry. second break we had earlier where yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, people complain. Uh,
0: that paper sounds interesting. Anyone else has ideas? Evolution. Evolution or love? Evolution or love? evolution or love well, I got some
1: auto distribution stuff in my list of papers in my notion page one is using called reprogramming to recover youthful epigenetic information and restore vision it's how they cut the neurons the from the retina of mice and then with genetic therapy injecting viruses into their eyes basically (laughs) they restored vision and then they applied it to humans a human that was blind born blind and with some fancy glasses and again injecting some viruses in his uh, eyes that motherfucker could see and interact with the world and do and write and do stuff like that
2: so are we gonna go the David Sinclair route? I I found a very nice paper about uh, evolution and love but this also sounds very interesting
1: now we can also go the michael levin route Whoa. of regrowing limbs Whoa. with the biodomes
0: that's also some science fiction uh, shit, bro. i i yeah, l-
2: like look bad. i love this type of research but uh i feel like that's way outside of our field of expertise so it's fine. not that we have that much expertise like, like, but the like fuck is the point? okay let me read you the, this uh, title and then you tell me if you like it uh i i was looking for a evolution and love and this is the evolutionary psychology of human mate choice how ecology genes fertility and fashion influence mating behavior (laughs) i think that's like you know
0: uh
2: a highly cited paper that might be very interesting to read what do you guys think
0: it sounds interesting
2: but you prefer david sinclair
0: i like the limb limb one. because it sounds really sounds really hard
1: Okay, can you read us uh, the title
0: again? And I'm going to. Uh, and I feel like pushing <laughs> myself a little bit. Okay, okay.
1: Title of the limb one or the eyes one. one? The limb one. Acute multi delivery via a wearable bioreactor facilitates long-term limb regeneration and functional recovery in adult Xenopus levis. It's mice. That's a frog.
0: That's a frog.
2: Yeah. Guys, I'm gonna. Oh. It's gonna be a tough one, isn't yeah, it? It's,
0: it's gonna be rough. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. They're not gonna know what the fuck they, they're talking about half the time. But I think uh, if we get through it, we'll have a new, new, new perspective of of stuff.
2: Okay, I think that's decided then.
0: Yeah, Andre, drop drop the link. Uh, drop the paper in the chat. Drop uh, the boys, mic, bro. This has been. This was a good one.
2: Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Like we went
0: all over the place. Like that was a good one. Like um, that paper was. It's the formalization that they put that made my life so much simpler now it's like oh shit high entropy, low entropy states bro. you know <laughs>
2: we actually managed to explain pretty much everything that was in the paper all yeah. the four tenets yeah pretty good and yeah this time we actually made it in a structured way with a lot of tangents oh, which are what make it thing. good right I want
0: to say one last thing I want to do one last thing it, it, it just popped into my mind I asked I, I asked on the la- on, on the last episode that I recorded with him if it's possible to be addicted to a person Right. Interesting. Okay, because I mean yes, just in terms of novelty and behavior, right? So if you think about think about a slot machine, right? Part of the reason it's addictive is it's random, random ratio, uh, random ratio reward interval. Basically, like you know, you don't you you get un you don't know when you're gonna get the reward when you keep hitting the thing, right? So it's a random ratio, a random uh, reward ratio uh if you date someone if, and if, if it's if if, if 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 it's someone who have dated then to this please nothing but love okay um I'm just trying to understand what the fuck happened going on in general okay if you are it's not dating this is the, you're you're you you interacting with someone, with someone and part of how you think you know someone when you get to know someone is that you can predict certain behaviors that is sort of like I think uh, an operational definition of understanding someone is like you know if you do action a they'll do they you get the response B right if you're, if you're dating someone who's super volatile who's all, all, all over the place then the entropy is very high that's a high entropy person because the distribution of it's not biased to any certain outcome yeah. they can they do whatever the they they can say and do whatever, they, whatever they feel like.
2: And is that like a slot machine? Is that what you're trying to suggest? Yeah, because like, because like, uh-huh. you do,
0: you 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 do some stuff, you get a bunch of different these things. None of them can be rewarding, but then you do, but then once in a while, one of them is super rewarding. And like, oh shit, gotta keep pulling the lever.
2: Interesting, interesting. I mean, okay, as a I don't know mentioned. about your example in particular, but uh, codependence is a thing, so oh. you can be addicted to a person. But I can tell you more about that.
0: All right, boys. Yeah, this has been real. It was a good one. It was a good. One. Yeah, it's been real, exactly. Let's uh, catch up with next time. All right, bye, bye, everybody. This has been a One Deeper podcast. Thanks for joining, and I hope you learned something. Catch you again next time.